Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called The Road to Redemption, brothers and sisters. The Road to Redemption. Today, brothers and sisters, we'll talk about justification. We will explore the commonly held belief of self-justification through the law. Now, when we say justified, that means pronounced or treated as righteous, brothers and sisters, before the Most High. So today, we will detail how the Most High's court of law operates, how to understand justification. Why? Because you have some people who believe that you're justified by doing following the commandments and that alone will get you into the kingdom many israelites dealing in a pharisaical spirit will will try to use that particular argument then you have christians who say well no it's by faith i don't have to do any laws i don't have to keep any laws i just must have faith in christ so what you'll learn today is they're both at opposite sides of the spectrum and they're both incorrect according to the doctrine of christ brothers and sisters Israelites are way to the right. Christians are way to the left, and we must meet right in the middle, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson is the road to redemption, how to be justified in the eyes of the Most High God, Ahiah, the great I Am. We're going to go to Romans chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 2. We're going to read 2 through 5, Joshua. Romans 10, verse 2. For I bear them record that they have the they have a zeal of God. They have what? They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. We have a zeal for the Most High, but not according to knowledge. That means what? We have a further fervor. We have a, a energy to want to serve God, but what? But not according to knowledge. But not according to according to knowledge, brothers and sisters. See, so we want to serve a higher power, but not according to the knowledge that he wants. So we'll make up our own way to serve God. <laughs> For example, Christians will say, well, as long as I give him a day, that's all that matters. Now, I commend you that you want to give him a day. I commend you on that, but not according to knowledge, because you don't want to give him the day he implemented. Read that again, brother, please. Romans 10, verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Not according to knowledge. Continue, brother. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Read that again. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. Examine them, brothers and sisters. Being ignorant of God's righteousness. How are we deemed righteous or justified in God's eyes? What do we do? We go about to establish our own righteousness. And Israelites, most Israelites, are guilty of this also, brothers and sisters. So when it says, establish their own righteousness, this effort shows Israel's lack of knowledge and that we are ignorant of God's righteousness. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Look at that. There must be a radical submission to the righteousness of the Most High, putting away our own righteousness. So many Israelites believe that, listen, you're justified. You get into the kingdom of heaven by just following the law. See, you're establishing your own righteousness <laughs> because the most high 
his doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Bible, doesn't substantiate that ideology. Okay? It does not substantiate that ideology. So what do we do? We make up our own righteousness and say, okay, law, 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 and I'll get in the kingdom. And that's not, that's, <laughs> that's incorrect thinking. That's an unhealthy perspective, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time, brother. Romans 10, verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. See, so worship is misguided and meaningless unless it's based upon the truth of God's word, brothers and sisters. Many people, many Israelites at least, they believe that their righteousness is their obedience to the law or their outward conformity to it. And that's not how you're justified before the eyes of the Most High. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for right for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Read that again. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. See, Christ came to show you that your righteousness is not in the law. Okay? So this is what we, we say. To especially to our people who know they're Israel, know that they're the chosen, know that they're Yasha'Allah. Yasha'Allah is Israel, brothers and sisters. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. He didn't say it was the end of the law. He said the end of the law for righteousness. See, a Christian will pull this right here and say, see, Christ came to do away with the law. Read it again. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. See, so we seeking to procure our own salvation by the means of our own engineering can no longer do that under Christ. Can you read the next scripture, brother? Verse 5. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live by them. See, so Moses came to do what? Moses came to show us righteousness in the law. The law is righteous, but it doesn't make you righteous or justify before the Most High. So we're not saying don't follow the law. We want to be clear because Christians will say that, you know, you don't have to follow no law. It says, for Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. But what about the most highest righteousness? That's the law's righteousness. But what about the most highest righteousness? See? So you can't follow Moses <laughs> to get into the kingdom. We did a, a lesson uh, previously, a few weeks ago, brothers and sisters, talking about spiritual maturation. And we touched on the point in passing, saying that the law is not your righteousness. And I know that probably hit a lot of people and put, you know, Put them in the uh, the place of misunderstanding, saying, "Hold on, if I'm if 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 hold on now, if my righteousness is not in the law, then why am I following it? If it's not going to get me into heaven, and that's exactly why. If that was your mindset, that's exactly why your righteousness is not of the law. Because why? It doesn't change your heart. You're only doing it to get into the kingdom. <laughs> so if that was your thought that came to your head when." We said, you know, according to the Bible, your righteousness is not the law. Following the law alone is not getting you into the kingdom. Some people have said, well, why am I following it then? See, that shows that you haven't changed. <laughs> you were just conforming to what you saw there, but your heart was still wicked. Obviously, if that's your mindset. So we wanted to show Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Let's go to Romans 3, 
and 20. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Romans 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Justified simply means declared righteous. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. See, the law is just knowledge of sin, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why can't any man be justified in his sight by following the deeds of the law? (laughs) Why is that? The answer is, brothers and sisters, present obedience does nothing to wash away past iniquity. See? So you following the law don't have anything to do with all the times you broke the law before you knew, or even when you knew, when you worked on the Sabbath. What about that? What about when you were spending money on the Sabbath? What about when you was looking at uh, moving pictures, uh, pornographic uh, images? What about that? What about when you was getting high? See, you follow, you can follow every law in the Bible until you die, but that don't take away all that sinning you did. (laughs) See, brothers and sisters, that's why you can't be justified by the law. Read that again, please, brother. Romans 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. See, there is no way anyone can receive forgiveness of past sins by obeying the law, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Read that again, brother. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. The righteousness of the Most High without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is this righteousness of God? Christ. <laughs> See? Now... Romans, this is during Christ's time, brothers and This is after Christ. Okay? Christ has already been on the earth in birth. So now it tells you, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested into what? Into the flesh. Now Christ would be our righteousness. See, brothers and sisters? That's why it says being witnessed by the law and the prophets, showing you what? It was in the prophets. It was in the law. Our people just didn't understand it. See, Christ didn't come to do away with the law. He came to show you how to follow the law, how to please the Most High God. Because you can't please Him by just following the letter of the law. Read that one more time, brother. Romans 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Be witnessed by the law and the prophets. Why? Because through the law, we became, what? Aware of the contrast between what we do and what we ought to do. So it only awakens our consciousness of the sin. That's what the law was there for. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ. Read that again. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Read. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. (laughs) Read that again. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, so Paul explains that regardless of who one is and what he has done, that he might be considered righteous, God owes him nothing but death. (laughs) See, because all have sinned. See, this is showing you why your righteousness have to come in faith in Christ. Why? Because the law showed you all the sin that you had done. See, 
So Moses' law set you up to receive Christ. That's why the law was there, brothers and sisters. Because now looking at the law, it's not a person walking who haven't broken these laws. Therefore, if you've broken the laws, you need an atonement. <laughs> See? It works hand in hand. The law is good because it shows you that you have no worth without Christ. Which is, that was the point, brothers and sisters. That's why the law is knowledge of sin. Like the 20th chapter, uh, verse tell you. Now you see all the places you were sinning and didn't know. So now that means what? You have come short of the glory of the Most High. Therefore need what? You need redemption. You can only be redeemed through the Redeemer. And that's Christ. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 25. 24. Romans 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ. See? Being justified freely by Christ's grace. See, that's where you receive the redemption. And we have to put this out there because I know a lot of Christians believe by looking probably on YouTube or wherever it's, you know, looking, that Israelites are not dealing with Christ. And many Israelites are not dealing with Christ. But you have to realize that what? Being an Israelite is not a religion. It's a bloodline, okay? So you can't, it, you would be doing yourself a disservice by thinking that all Israelites believe the same. Our church, the Commandment Keepers Church, is not only Bible-based, it's Christ-based. Okay? We follow the, the Apostles' Doctrine, the doctrine that was left to the Apostles by Christ. That's what we follow, brothers and sisters. Yes, we do follow the law, but we understand we're not justified by the law. See? Because if you believe you're justified by the law then you believe you, des you deserve to get into the kingdom of heaven because you followed the law. Or you believe you deserve a blessing. <laughs> Listen, I've been following the Sabbath for six months. Where's my blessing? See, you're thinking too highly of yourself. You think you're owed something. You are owed something. <laughs> you're owed death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See? So by understanding that our righteousness comes through faith in Christ, that humbles us. Or you start to believe you deserve something from the Most High. When really the only thing we, all of us, including myself, deserve for all of our past transgressions is death. That's the only thing we deserve. We're going to show you. Paul understood this matter, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Philippians in the New Testament. Brothers and sisters, please follow us. We're going to Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Philippians 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. Examines. We are the circumcision, Israel. That means the circumcision. When you see we are the circumcision, that's speaking of a law that was given to Abraham, to all Israelites, um, to circumcise the foreskin of their privates for the males. For we are the circumcision, meaning we are Israel. We were given the law. Read that again. Verse 3. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit, and rejoice in Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh, see? We are to have confidence in Christ, not in ourselves. When it says no confidence in the flesh, that means nothing that I can do. Makes me worthy of the kingdom of heaven. There's nothing I can do that makes me worthy, which is humbling 
And that's exactly where he wants you to be. Examine this next scripture closely. Verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Now he already said, brothers and sisters, must worship God in the spirit, which we did a lesson called spiritual maturation, which we went into thorough detail about the difference between the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. We must worship the most high in spirit, brothers and sisters. Okay, read four one more time, brother. Verse four. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. He said, listen, that I may also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath thereof, he might trust in the flesh. I more. So examine this, brothers and sisters. We are not to trust in our own ability to be righteous before the Most High through external works. Because Paul is telling you here in verse 4, if any man could have confidence in the flesh, it was him. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. I more. So Paul knew that he was more qualified to be justified by keeping the law than anyone. <laughs> Paul knew this. Why? He's going to tell you. Read verse 5, brother. Verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day. Circumcised on the eighth day, like the law tell you. He circumcised, had the foreskin of his private circumcised of the stock of Israel he said listen I'm an Israelite I'm the bloodline of Abraham Isaac and Jacob of the tribe of, Be of Benjamin Benjamin the warriors a Hebrew of Hebrews he said listen I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews I've been circumcised from the bloodline of Abraham Isaac and Jacob from the tribe of Judah the Hebrew of Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee. As touching the law of Pharisee, which means I followed every law that was there, higher than any other Israelite walking. The Pharisees followed the letter higher than any Israelite walking, brothers and sisters. So he said, listen, if anybody can be justified in the flesh, it would be me. <laughs> okay? Because I was circumcised. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrew, followed every law in the book. See, brothers and sisters? So... Even the most scrupulous Israelite cannot be justified by what? By the law. Read 5 and 6, brother. Verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of, he of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. It says concerning zeal for the Most High, not according to knowledge, persecuting the church, which means I kept the parts that said kill or persecute people who broke God's laws. <laughs> touching, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. See, he said touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. I was blameless for persecuting these people in the church. Because why? They were breaking God's law. See, that's, that's exactly why we're telling you the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. He said concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, I'm blameless. So if anybody can be justified in works, it's me. This is what he was saying, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 7. But what things were gained to me? Those I counted lost for Christ. He said, but those things that, you know, I could bask in, those things I could use to boast in, right? I have to lose that in account of Christ. So, you know, any corrupt person would be proud to claim Paul's pedigree. 
to be able to say all of those things that he just said. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. See, a wicked Israelite, a wicked person would love to take on that banter, that pedigree. But what did he say? Verse seven. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. See, I, I count those lost for Christ because why? My righteousness isn't in the law. My righteousness, my justification is actually in Christ. Read, brother, please. Verse 8. Yeah, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of knowledge of Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Look at that. See, it's a humbling that must take place, brothers and sisters. If you can be justified by what you've done through your works, then now you're better than everybody else. And that's usually, that's typically the mindset we start taking when we're dealing with Christians, brothers and sisters. Well, they're not following this law or they're not following that. So I'm better than them. Right, brothers and sisters? See? Or I'm following all this and they're following nothing. Or I follow it on this level, right? I, I, you know, I hold my bowels on the Sabbath. I don't even use the bathroom on the Sabbath. We start looking at stuff like that to say, I'm over my own brethren because I'm following the law on a higher level. He said, you have to lose all that. Count that as dumb that you may win Christ. See, the same, the same uh, vigor you have thinking your righteousness based on that law, you have to lose that to, be, to come under Christ. Read that again, brother. Verse 8, yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Read that part again. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, because why Pharisees believe that their righteousness came from the law, brothers and sisters. See? And we have to make sure, as, you know, those who follow our church, the commandment keepers church, under the doctrine of Christ, that we stay humble and understand the only thing we're worthy of, even if we follow the law to the highest order until death, we still are worthy of nothing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of, of God by faith. See, remember, remember Romans, what did it say? Establishing our own righteousness. What righteousness was that talking about? Read 9 again, brother. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. How was we having our own righteousness? Which is of the law. See, of the law. That's what Romans was talking about. That we established our own righteousness, which we believe was of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. See, having no knowledge of God's righteousness, we did what? We established our own righteousness. So now Christ came to show us where our righteousness really lied. Where our justification, where it lied. And where is that? In faith in Christ, brothers and sisters. See? So when you believe that what? When you believe that your justification is in the law, a certain arrogance and smugness come with that understanding. 
when you come under the doctrine of my justification is in Christ, that means you must humble yourself and you're not better than your brother or your sister. See, brothers and sisters? See? Brother, read Romans 3 and 27. Romans 3, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. But what, by, by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Examine that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> There's a certain level of smugness and pride, arrogance, that come with believing your righteousness is in the law. That's why I said, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what? By what law? Of works? Nay, the law of faith. See? Because when you have to have faith, that means what? <laughs> that means that there's nothing that you can do to be arrogant about. Because you're not getting in the kingdom based on anything you're doing. You can only get in the kingdom based on Christ. See? There's a certain arrogance and smugness that come with believing your righteousness is the law, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Romans 3, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. See, why there, Why is the Most High trying to exclude boasting? Because boasting is the outward form of the inner condition of pride, brothers and sisters. See, what happens is we come to trust in our own abilities rather than trusting the Most High. That's where the problem comes in. Read the next scripture. Verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Read that again. Verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. See? So, when you believe that your, your righteousness is of the law, what? You're trusting in your own abilities rather than trusting in the Most High. When the truth is, the Most High accomplished our salvation without our help at all. See? Read that one more time, brother, please. Romans 3, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. See, so we, this is the point we're trying to make. You're not justified. You're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven. You will not be declared righteous because you follow the law of Moses alone, brothers and sisters. See, usually it's that thing in us that wants admiration for ourselves and not for the most high. We want to be dependent. I mean, we don't want to be dependent. We want to be independent, which means I'll get myself into the kingdom of heaven. See, <laughs> read. Verse 31, brother. Verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yeah, we establish the law. God forbid means no. So we're not saying that the law is done away with because we're dealing with faith. That's not what we're saying. We want to make that clear because that's what Christians will say. See, the law is done away with because the only thing you have to do is have faith in Christ. You're wrong according to the Bible, okay? What is Romans 3 showing us, though, brothers and sisters? What excludes boasting from salvation is that justification comes to us not by the works of the law. See? So, too often we look at the people, or a people, through what? Through the lens of criticism. And that's what happens when you believe your righteousness is in the law. I'm more righteous than he is because I'm following this. See, brothers and sisters? And that's not the case. We must be humble. And this is how he humbles us. See, when you deal with Christ, there should be a level of humility there. 
because you realize that your righteousness, your ticket into the kingdom doesn't come by anything you can do on this earth. It can only come through Christ. We're going to show you, brothers and sisters, how when you believe your righteousness come through the law, you tend to look at other people through the lens of criticism. That's why he said, where's boasting then? Okay, let's go to Luke 18, Brother Joshua. Go on to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're going to read Luke 18 and 9. Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable on a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. And he spake this parable on a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So anybody who believes or believed, right, that they were righteous based on them following the law, Christ did what? He put together this parable. I want you to hear this out. Read that from the top, brother. Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable on a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. So we already know, brothers and sisters, that the Pharisee believes that he's justified through what? Through following the law. So he's, he's better than other people because he followed the law. Brother Joshua, read that from the top. Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable on a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And despised others because when you believe yourself is righteous, then that means the people who are not doing what you're doing, you despise as beneath you. Verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, that I am not as the other men are. Read that again, brother. The Pharisee did what? The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. See, so this is why he said... When you believe in your own righteousness, you start to do what? Despise others. <laughs> so look at his prayer, brothers and sisters. His prayer of gratitude may be spoken to the Most High, but it's really about himself. <laughs> That's why I say, listen, thank, I thank thee that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 12. I fast twice in the week. I do what? I fast twice in the week. I give tithes to tithes. I give tithes of all that I possess. See, so look at this, brothers and sisters. He's like, listen, okay, I'm not an adulterer. I'm not unjust. I'm not an extortioner. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So look at what's going on here, brothers and sisters. It's showing you that when you believe in your righteousness through the law, it shows that you do exactly what this Pharisee is doing here. He trusted in himself. He locates his righteousness entirely in his own actions, brothers and sisters. See, so really what he's saying is, you know, I'm working. God, you should be thankful for me <laughs> rather than the other way around. See, brothers and sisters, read that one more time. 11, brother. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood up and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. Or even as this publican, I fast twice in the week. 
I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes on the heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Read that part again. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Why? For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. Abased, which means on the base, on the bottom. <laughs> Read that. Why? For every for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. See, so when you believe your righteousness is within you, <laughs> based on what you've done, you've you've done what? You've exalted yourself. See, brothers and sisters, the publican said he, he wouldn't even look to the sky. He said, listen, have mercy on me, Father. I'm a sinner. See, brothers and sisters? So what happens is we become self-righteous hypocrites by measuring our own righteousness against others. We become judgmental. We become self-righteous. See? That's what self-righteous is, brothers and sisters. So what is this? What is Luke 18 showing us? It's showing us that there's a certain arrogance that arises with the ideology of righteousness through works. That's why Paul said, where is boasting then? How is boasting excluded? Because when you believe your righteousness is the law, remember, Paul just said in a previous passage, he was a Pharisee. So was this man here who believes his righteousness is in the law. See? So when one makes a claim to righteousness based on his own accomplishments, he will be humble. The Most High will deal with him. And if you don't deal with it before judgment, then you go to hell. Okay? See? Others rely entirely upon the Most High's benevolence. And that's what the publican did. He said, I'm unworthy of righteousness. I'm unworthy of the kingdom. I'm unworthy of life. See, brothers and sisters? There's a difference. When you believe in your own righteousness, I fast twice a week. I've been following the Sabbath for 10 years. <laughs> See, there's an arrogance that comes and I don't believe people even know. I think it's 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 really hidden. It's concealed arrogance. It's concealed. See, when you know that there's nothing you can do through your own hand, through your own power to make you righteous before the most high God, that puts a certain humility over you and how you treat others, how you act and how you come before the most high. See, brothers and sisters. If you make claims based on your own accomplishments to righteousness, then you're arrogant in the eye of the Most High God. Because what are we going to do? The doctrine of Christ tells us to rely entirely upon the Most High's benevolence, on Christ's sacrifice, brothers and sisters. See? So why did we put this lesson together? We put this lesson together because in the age of internet, you have... Anybody with a camera now is a teacher, <laughs> brothers and sisters, and you must be able to know what you're looking at when you're seeing it with your spiritual eyes. How do I know if somebody's doctrine is right? How do I know if I can learn from this Israelite church or this Israelite church or this Christian church? See, this is this is why we put the lesson together, brothers and sisters, so you can identify a worker of iniquity. That may have a Bible in his hand. See? Because we think that the only Satanists or workers of Satan 
carry a satanic Bible. And what you're going to find out is most of them carry the King James Version. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. See? Because why? Satan is very crafty. Satan is very crafty, brothers and sisters. He will absorb the Bible to utilize it and say, now you learn what I want you to learn. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, Satan is very crafty. He's very cunning. And you'll be able to tell the difference between somebody who believes they're righteous within themselves through the law of Moses and somebody who's dealing in humility, understanding that he's a sinner and can do nothing that would absolve him from his past sin other than the blood of Christ. And we're going to show you that, brothers and sisters. We're going to Galatians 2 and 16. Let's go to Galatians, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Galatians 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Paul immediately eliminates one path to being justified or declared righteous by the Most High. Read that again, brother. Verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ, even we have even we have believed in Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Examine that. You cannot be justified by the works of the law. You can only be justified by faith in Christ, brothers and sisters. And not by the works of the law. And what? And not by the works of the law. But for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. See? So we need to put that out there, brothers and sisters. Now, are we saying don't follow the law? Absolutely not. We follow the law. But we also understand that the law is not our righteousness, and we're not justified before the Most High by us following the, the laws of Moses. And it's best that you know this now before that day come and you're standing before the Most High God and He cast you into darkness, brothers and sisters. And then you're looking like, well, I followed every law that's in there. That That's not going to get you in. And any Israelite teaching that is not of Christ. They're pharisaical. They're not the, dealing with the doctrine of the apostles, brothers and sisters. We are sinful people. So how in the world can God declare us to be righteous? Read 16 again. Verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ, even we have believed in Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. So what, see, and this is letting, this lets you know that we're not saying do away with the law. Because it's saying, if you seek to be justified by Christ, but you're also found in sin, then Christ must be a minister of sin. See? So you must be justified in following Christ, and then put away the, uh, the sin and follow the law. You can't do one without the other, brothers and sisters. We only can be justified by Christ. Why? He died to fully pay the penalty for all the sins that makes us unrighteous, brothers and sisters. See? So understanding that righteousness is not obtained with our own power is to humble you and keep you in the placement of a servant. And that doesn't mean don't follow the law. This lesson takes integrity, brothers and sisters, because people will try to manipulate what's coming out now Two different ways, or three different ways. The true way, in which it was intended by Christ, 
Some will say, okay, well, I'm justified by Christ, so I don't have to follow the law. And others will say, I'm justified by following the law and without Christ. I don't need Christ because I'm following the law. See, brothers and sisters? So you must follow the law. Why? Because you're covered by Christ's blood. That's the difference, brothers and sisters. So we never would say the law is done away with. Christ never said the law is done away with. But Pharisees were claiming that Christ came and said, you know, listen, you don't have to follow law. When that's not what he was saying. He's saying you're saved by me, not the law. Now, since you're saved by me, follow the law. That's the difference, brothers and sisters. See, your faith must be in Christ. Let's go to Acts 13 and 39, brother. Let's go to the Acts of the Apostles, brothers and sisters. Acts 13, verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. Read that again. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. By his suffering and death, we are pardoned and admitted to the favor of the Most High God. Read that from the top, brother. Verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. See, you couldn't be justified by the law of Moses, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Why? Because if your righteousness is the law of Moses, then you should be dead. Because for breaking the Sabbath, the law of Moses tells you you should be dead. <laughs> See? You can follow every law in this book. It doesn't cover past transgressions, brothers and sisters. Okay? See, brothers and sisters? So your righteousness could not be in the law. And if it is in the law, then you cannot be covered under Christ's blood. You must be justified and condemned under the law of Moses. So who are you going to follow? Moses or Christ, brothers and sisters? Read 39 one more time, brother. Acts 13, verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Further proof that you cannot be justified by the law of Moses. See? So you have to deal with the scriptures as it is written, brothers and sisters. You have to believe on him as the scripture have said, not establish your own righteousness and say, well, because I'm following the law, I should be justified. Okay, I should be redeemed by just following the law. Okay, because if you can be redeemed by following the law, you have no need for Christ. And that is arrogant. That's where you're going to go wrong. That's exactly where you're going to go wrong if that's your mindset, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Let's go back to Galatians, brother. We're going to Galatians 2 and 21. Read that, brother. Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Whoa. See how serious this is, brothers and sisters? If justification can be secured by the observance of any law, then there was no need for Christ's death. There was no need for Christ's atonement, brothers and sisters. Right? See? Because why? Christ came to cover your sin. If your sin can be covered by the law of Moses, then what need is Christ to you? See? Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Further proof 
If righteousness can come by the law, then it means you're not covered in Christ's blood. Because if you can justify yourself by the laws of Moses, you need no savior. You can save yourself. <laughs> See, and that's why the Pharisees had no respect for Christ, because they were what? They were dealing with the doctrine of self-righteousness. I don't need you to get in. I'm getting in based on my works. I'm following the law. I'm getting in. I don't need you. See, brothers and sisters, this doctrine or that doctrine, the doctrine of self-righteousness, does what? It robs the Most High God of his glory. Because if a man can save himself, then the glory is his own and not God's, brothers and sisters. See? So we, we have to put this out there because there's a higher level you hear us constantly say than just following the letter of the law. And you're learning it here, brothers and sisters. This is meat. This isn't milk. This is meat. Read that one more time, brother, please. Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. See, so if true righteousness could have been procured by any, what, any means of the Mosaic law, then what? Christ's death would not have been necessary. Brothers and sisters, so you can't have it both ways, okay? You cannot have it both ways, brothers and sisters. You can either be, you can either be, you know, justified by Christ and His blood, or justified through your works in the law. And I hope that your righteousness is going to get you in on that day. If you believe your righteousness is by the law, then for your sake, I hope you're right, even though we know you're wrong. Because if you're right, then the Bible is wrong. And that's you doing what? Establishing your own righteousness. Okay? Read that one more time before we move on, brother. Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So you're not covered under grace if your righteousness come by the law. Let's prove that. Let's go to Galatians 3 and 21. Galatians 3, verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For there have been any law given which could have given life. Verily, righteousness should have been by the law. Examine that. <laughs> the scripture previously just told us you cannot receive righteousness through the law, brothers and sisters. So examine this. If God had given a law designed to give life, then man could become self-righteous by following the law. Which is showing what? That the law was never given for you to be justified by it, brothers and sisters. Trying to be justified by the law leads to self-righteousness rather than God's righteousness. Which is what the initial scripture, the first scripture we went to in Romans was saying. We have a zeal of the Most High, not according to knowledge. Being ignorant of His righteousness, go on to do what? To establish our own righteousness, brothers and sisters. And you cannot do that with the law. You cannot make up your own stipulations to get into heaven. Because that's what people want to do. They say, well, because I'm doing this, I'm getting into heaven. What scripture is that? <laughs> you, you, okay? You, you're not in charge of the stipulations or legislation that will get you into the kingdom of heaven. You're to follow whatever the Most High says. Whatever, you know, blueprint he lays out. And says, this is how you get into my kingdom. You can't make up your own righteousness, brothers and sisters. The law is not against the promises of God. So we want to be clear. They work hand in hand. 
The law was not to justify you. The law was to show you that you're not justified. See, <laughs> the law was there to show you your need for Christ. Because without the law, why would you need Christ? Where there's no law, there's no transgression. So without you looking at that law and saying, okay, it says eating pork is wrong. It says that spending money on the Sabbath is wrong. It says that Christmas is wrong. And I've done all those things. So now I need Christ's blood. It works hand in hand, brothers and sisters, okay? We're not saying choose one or the other. This is not grace against the law, okay? This is saying you have grace to follow the law. There's a difference, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Galatians 5 and 4. Galatians 5, verse 4. Christ has become of no effect on you. Who is this talking about? This verse is talking about those who are seeking to be saved by their works. By seeking our justification through our own works, we run the risk of jeopardizing the gift of atonement through Christ. And this scripture will tell you that. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. Christ has become of no effect on you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are all fallen from grace. Examine that. Christ has become of no effect to you if you're justified by the law. So you have no more grace. See? So trusting in yourself and in the works of the law, you're not covered under Christ's blood. And since you're not covered under his blood, your blood will be required on that day. See, brothers and sisters? That's the difference. You can't be justified by the law. You cannot be deemed righteous or have entry into the kingdom of heaven by just following the law. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. Christ has become of no effect on you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. See? So you can't be under the grace of Christ and justified by the law at the same time, brothers and sisters. Because if you're justified by the law, then what about all those times you broke the law? <laughs> this is not something where, you know, I did the wrong thing for 10 years, so I'm going to do the right thing for 10 years, and then that'll wash away all the iniquity that I did. It does not work that way. And if you believe it does, then the Bible is true where it speaks about us doing what? Establishing our own righteousness. Okay? Let's, let's prove that. Let's go to John chapter 5, Brother Joshua. Let's go through the gospel here. Let's deal with Christ, brothers and sisters. Let's deal with Christ. 5 and 39, brother. John 5, verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. Read that again, brother. Verse 39. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. Read. And they are they which testify of me. See, so he said, go back and read your Torah again. <laughs> okay? Since you believe that your righteousness is in the law, go look at the law again, because it testify of me. See, Christ was the way, and that was written of in the law. That was written of in the Torah Brothers and sisters, Christ is written of all throughout the Torah and Tanakh. We can teach Christ not even using the New Testament. Why? Because there was no New Testament <laughs> when Christ was walking around, brothers and sisters. So we can teach Christ strictly out of the Old Testament without any gospel, any epistles of Paul. So Christ is saying, go search the scriptures again. Okay? 
Read that one more time, brother. Verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. See? Read verse 45, brother. Verse 45. Do not, think, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Read that again. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. It says, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. I didn't come to accuse you. There's one that accused you, and that's Moses, in whom you trust. <laughs> See, this magnifies our need for Christ, brothers and sisters. See? Moses or the law cannot justify you. The most it can do for our justification is convict us as sinners. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. So the person that you're trusting to get you into the kingdom, brothers and sisters, is actually the one that's accusing you to be judged. <laughs> Christ said, listen, I didn't come to accuse you. I didn't come for that. There's only one that's accusing you, and it's the one you're trusting in, which is Moses. See, brothers and sisters? Let's go and show you how Moses accused us. Because Christ is here telling us, I didn't come to accuse you. The one who accused you is Moses in whom you trust. Now, how is Moses' law accusing us? Let's go to John 8 and 1. We're going to show you. When Christ said Moses accuses you, it's speaking of Moses' law is the one that accuses you. So if you're following that, then understand you have to deal with everything that Moses' law says. Let's read John 8, 1 through 5, brother. John 8. Christ went on to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Now, brothers and sisters, Christ said that Moses is the one that accused you. Let's see how. Verse 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst... They caught a sister in the very act of adultery. They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, what did, what did Moses say? Now, Moses in the law commanded us... That such should be stoned. Read that again, brother. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Examine that. When Christ said that Moses accused you. <laughs> See? So if you want to follow Moses, then you also have to be condemned to the judgment that Moses says you, <laughs> you should be rewarded for sinning. See? Now you're understanding, brothers and sisters. Now you're understanding. When John 5 and 39, he said, search the scriptures again. John 5 and 45 said, what? I didn't come to accuse you. The one in whom you trust, Moses' law accuses you. We're going to show you. Read 3 through 5 again. John 8 verse 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? See? <laughs> See? That's why you can't be justified by the law. Because if you're justified by the law, 
then you're also condemned by that same law. Unless you have followed every law since you've been born. And you haven't. <laughs> because the scripture tells you all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See? In whom you the one in whom you trust accuse you. Because as Moses' law said, that day you worked on the Sabbath, that day you spent money past the sun going down on Friday night, that day you was watching pornographic images, that day you was getting high, you should have been killed. So how can that be your righteousness unless you're going to take the condemnation also? See, brothers and sisters, this is that higher level that most Israelites don't understand. You cannot be justified or get into the kingdom by following Moses' law. Because Moses' law commands us what? Read verse 5, brother. Now Moses, the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? See, now this is what Christ had done for us on a broader scale. See, because Christ didn't condemn this system. See, remember? We know the story. Christ said, he who have no sin cast the first stone. So who are you going to be under Christ in that grace that he showed in John 8 or the law of Moses that say you should be killed for your transgression? <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, now you're starting to understand John 5. Matter of fact, we're going to go back to John 5 and read it again. Go back to John 5, brother. Read 45. John 5, verse 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. See? Now the question was, how is Moses accusing us? You go to John 8 and link it with John 8, verse 5, brothers and sisters. See? Because Moses' laws say we should be stoned. If you've dealt, if you've dealt unfaithfully with your wife or your husband, you've, you've fornicated, you've cheated. See? You've disrespected your parents. All this you should be killed for. So are you going to be covered under Moses or are you going to be covered under Christ? See, this is what you have to look for, brothers and sisters. When you're looking at all these, you know, a plethora of these churches out here. Because I know many people just go online and say, well, yeah, I like them because they're funny. And, you know, they have white people kiss their feet and all this mess. And I'm like, well, what's the doctrine, though? Hmm? Because I'm not going to listen to somebody because there's not an Israelite alive <laughs> that don't know about Cesare Borgia. Okay? That's not deep. <laughs> okay? Pulling out slave ships in Deuteronomy 28 is not deep. Okay? So, brothers and sisters, you must understand that you cannot just follow any church that know that you're Israel. There must, the doctrine must be right. They must be teaching justification through Christ's blood. There's a certain humility that's going to come from that church, brothers and sisters. And, and why are we magnifying this point? Because usually the people who are learning under a shepherd or a church take the personality of that shepherd or church, brothers and sisters. So if you're learning from Pharisees, you're going to become like a Pharisee more than likely. You want to start persecuting people and becoming self-righteous and judgmental. When you deal with the doctrine of Christ, you become more like Christ. Not like being an Israelite. Because I know some people out there, they just want, they're comfortable with, with just being an Israelite. 
And it's like, listen, brother, I've known I was an Israelite so long. That's that's old to me. Okay, I, I thank God every day that I'm Israel. Yeah, that's good. But that's not going to get me into the kingdom. So, yeah, it's it's good. But guess what? When you in this truth for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that fire burn out of just knowing you're Israel. Okay, you can't finish the marathon being energized by just knowing the slave ships of Deuteronomy 28. Christ is what's going to carry you across the finish line, brothers and sisters. You following every law in Leviticus is not going to get you into the kingdom. What it will get you, if that's what you believe, is death. See? Because Moses accused you. Moses, in whom you trust, accused you by saying, you should be what? You should be judged and stoned for your past transgression. Now, I hope brothers and sisters can understand this. If you can't, you know, pray on it, go back on it. You know, this is more of a, this is meat. This is really not for somebody, you know, who's just now coming into the truth, who don't have the milk down first. This is a lesson after you have the milk, after you're following the law and it's not a struggle. See, read that again. 45, brother. John 5, verse 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. It's only Moses. It's Moses' law that accuse you or condemn you for judgment. Now, Brother Joshua, let's go to Galatians 3 and 10. Galatians 3, verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written... Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do of to do them. Read that again, brother. Take your time. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written. What is written? Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. See, examine that, brothers and sisters. If you're under the law of Moses for righteousness then you're also under the law of Moses for condemnation. That's what Christ was just talking about in John 5. <laughs> I, listen, I didn't come to accuse you. That's Moses in whom you trust. Now, how is Moses accusing us? You link that with John chapter 8, 1 through 5, where they brought a sister taken in the very act of adultery and said Moses' law says we should stone this woman right before the congregation. See? So examine this, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do, to do them. Examine that part that says, Continueth not in all things which are written in that book, brothers and sisters. See? So if Moses... Is your justification, then Moses is also your condemnation. We just read how in the scripture that preceded this one, brothers and sisters. Moses' law condemns me for past transgressions. So only through faith in the Messiah can we be justified before the Most High. Because you can't say that, listen, I'm justified by the law now that I'm following it. But I'm not condemned by that same law. <laughs> 
when I wasn't following it. See? The only way that can happen is if you establish your own righteousness. Because how long did we not even know we was Israel? How long was we going to church on Sunday? How long were we eating pork? How long was a lot of us dealing with fornication and getting high and getting drunk? Some of us, you know, coming from other religions, Islam, Buddhists, you should have been dead for all this. So that same book was the same law of Moses that you're claiming is your justification or your righteousness into the kingdom is the same thing that condemns you, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith. See, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith in who? Faith in Christ. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. See, there's no faith in following the letter of the law. Anybody can open up Leviticus where it say, don't eat this and don't eat that. So there's no faith in following Moses' law. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Read that again. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? John chapter 8, where this sister should have been stoned for a transgression. And it says, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That sound familiar, uh, Negroes? See, so they knew that Christ was us. That's why they swung us on those trees. Why do you think they were burning crosses on our lawn? <laughs> See, so they knew the whole time, brothers and sisters. Okay? They knew the whole time. And that's why when I see people with these cross chains, it's like, I mean, you're carrying the symbol of a curse. Just imagine if somebody in your family, a loved one, died by... Uh, some, you know, die from being shot with a, a shotgun or something. Are you then going to go get a gold shotgun and wear it on your chest in remembrance of this person? I need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. It's idolatry, okay? It's idolatry. Christ is no longer dead. Why did we go here? We went here to show you that if you don't follow any part of the law, you're condemned by all of it. See, and none of us have followed every part of the law perfectly because Romans tell you all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the most high. We're going to read that one more time, brother, the, t uh, the first scripture. We're going to read 10. We need y'all to get this point. Galatians 3 verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that, continue, that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. See, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. See, if you don't follow all of it, then you are to be killed. Now, a Christian will then see this because there's no integrity. A Christian with no integrity will then go and say, see, we don't have to follow the law. Only thing we have to do is have faith in Christ. That's not true. You're being disingenuous. If you have faith in Christ, then you are following the law. 
Okay? There's two types of faith. There's false faith and there's real, authentic, genuine faith. And we're going to show you that. Let's go to James chapter 2, Brother Joshua. We're going to James chapter 2. We're going to read verse 14, brothers and sisters, to show you that faith, if you have the true faith, if you have the authentic, genuine faith, that works come with that. James 2 verse 14. What doeth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have no and have not works? Can faith save him? So look at this, brothers and sisters. If a man say I have faith and have no works, can that faith save him alone? Like Christians will say. You're not saved by works, you're saved by faith. Well, yeah, let me show you what that means. Because they say that with no understanding of what they're saying. Read verse 17, brother. Verse 17. Even so, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. See, even so faith, if it have not works, is dead, because it's alone, which means what? You must couple faith with works. The next scripture will show you that. Verse 18, yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Examine that. I will show you my faith by my works. <laughs> so you need both. You have Israelites who are saying, no, the only thing you need is works. You have Christians who say, all I need is faith. You have to meet in the middle. See? Your faith is shown by what? Read that again, brother, please. Verse 18. Yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. See? So we're not following the law because it's my righteousness. I'm following the law out of gratitude for the opportunity to follow the law. Because I should be dead if I'm under the law of Moses. All those times I broke the law. See, brothers and sisters? If he has given me a second chance at life, I must use that same life to show thankfulness for the opportunity to live, brothers and sisters. See, and this is what we were talking about with our lesson, spiritual maturation. It's not just following the law. It's how you follow the law. It's the motive behind you following the law. See, brothers and sisters, I'm following the law out of gratitude and thankfulness. And when you do that, the spirit is right. The spirit is right. You're not doing it because you feel obligated. It's not because it's obligatory, brothers and sisters. That's why Christ said, out of a pure heart, the heart must be pure, not doing it because you believe it's your righteousness. You're following the law because you believe it's your righteousness. That means you're not doing it because you love the Most High. You're doing it so you can get into the heaven, kingdom of heaven. See? Read 17 and 18 one more time, brother. Verse 17. Even so, faith, if... Verse 17. Even so, faith, if it had not works... Is dead, being alone. Yeah, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. See, and that's the point Christians need to understand, brothers and sisters. You show your faith by your works. See, I'm following the law out of gratitude and thankfulness, because would you rather have the opportunity for reformation or the penalty of death? See? 
So I'm happy, I'm grateful, I'm thankful as I follow the law. I find out something I'm not doing right or that I could be better at. I don't get down and say, oh, there's another law. Because the Most High is like, listen, you don't have to worry about no laws. We'll kill you off right now. You ain't got to worry about the Sabbath. You ain't got to worry about pork or none of that other stuff. We'll, let's put you in the grave. Okay? Since it's so burdensome. <laughs> See, and this is what we bring out. Because why? This changes the spirit, brothers and sisters. This changes the spirit. This will cause you to do what? This causes you to follow the law out of a pure heart, brothers and sisters. See? Imagine, if you're on death row without the possibility of parole, I know brothers, every person in there would love to get out of jail to work. <laughs> right? Listen, you don't even got to pay them. Give them the opportunity to say, listen, we're going to let you out to go to work and then come back. You're not going to get paid, though. They would love it because they have opportunity for freedom. <laughs> See, you must follow the law out of a pure heart. And what's the pure heart? I'm following the law because Christ covered my past transgressions. That's the difference, brothers and sisters. We should be thankful for the opportunity to follow the law, not out of obligation, but as evidence of our what? Of our faith. So what is James teaching here? James teaches us how works are associated with justification by faith. <laughs> See? You cannot have one without the other. Okay, brothers and sisters? So, yes, we follow the law, but we follow the law because we know we're covered under Christ for all the times we weren't following the law. Who's going to sit there and say, yeah, I have faith that Christ died on the cross for my sins, so now I'm going to keep sinning. <laughs> yeah, I know he, he came to die for my sins, but, you know, now there is no sin. So now I'm going to keep sinning. Just disrespect his blood. So he pretty much just came for you to continue in sin. Christ is not going to come and die again, okay, for you in your ignorance. If you had faith in Christ and believe you're covered under his blood, that should be the motivation to now follow the law because he gave you another chance that you did not deserve. Let's magnify that point. Let's go to Titus 3 and 5, Joshua. We're going to stick in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Titus 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which ye have done. Read that again. Not by works of righteousness which ye have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to what? According to his mercy he, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So here we go. His mercy, he, by his mercy, he saved us. By what? By the washing of regeneration. What's that, brothers and sisters? What's regeneration? That's rebirth, brothers and sisters. When are you rebirth? When are you born again? It starts with what? Water baptism, brothers and sisters. And receiving or being a recipient of the Holy Spirit. This is the beginning of justification for entry into the kingdom of heaven. See, brothers and sisters? See? You can follow all the laws you want. If you don't go through that water, then you're going to the pit. <laughs> Plain and simple. It doesn't matter how many laws you follow. You could be a Hebrew of Hebrew. Like Paul said, if you're not covered under Christ, you're going to hell. And you're not covered under Christ unless you go through the water like Christ did. 
brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Let's go to Ephesians 5 and 26. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 5, verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, many Israelites use this and say, See, you can be cleansed by, by reading the word. <laughs> That's a Pharisee. That same person that's saying that is also telling you what, brothers and sisters? They're also telling you that your righteousness is in the law. You're justified or you get into heaven by the law. See, you'll start to be able to put things together when you understand the doctrine of Christ. When people come out and say certain things, you understand that it actually links with a certain spirit, brothers and sisters. Because anybody who's looking at this scripture is saying that being baptized is reading the word. <laughs> that person is not qualified to be teaching, brothers and sisters, okay? Read um, read 25, brother, to give it context. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might be sanctified and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And cleanse it. With the washing of water by the word. Now, the key thing here is it says the washing of water by the word, not with the word, brothers and sisters. See? So when you're looking at this from a carnal aspect, I've heard many people say, people who don't want to humble themselves and take the initiative to go through the water like Christ did, they'll say, yeah, if you read the Bible, you're cleansed. And we know that that's not the key. We know that that's, that, that's ignorant. That, that is ignorant. Because why? In Matthew 4, what happened? Christ was tempted in the, the wilderness, and Satan was using what? He was using scriptures. Well, the word does say if you throw yourself off this mountain, <laughs> you'll have charges of the angels. So just by understanding the word or reading the word doesn't make you cleansed. That's something a Pharisee would tell you. That's something that a person who believes they're justified or getting to, into the kingdom of heaven by the law. That's something they would teach. So anybody that's using this scripture to say, yeah, see, the washing of water by the word. It says by the word, not with the word. Read it again, brother. 26. Ephesians 5, verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, brothers and sisters, by the word. Now, the question is, who is the word? <laughs> The washing of water by the word. We have to go find out who the word is. Let's go to John. One in one, brother. Let's go to the gospel. Let's find out who the word is. Because other people will say, yeah, you're, you're washed by, you wash, the washing of water comes from the, the, the letters on the page. <laughs> it's like, how, I mean, how elementary can you be? John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Now who is the word, brothers and sisters? The word is Christ. Read verse 14, brother. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh. What? And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The word is Christ. The washing of water by Christ. <laughs> See? 
See, brothers and sisters, you must not look at things only from a carnal aspect and you'll actually miss the true beauty, the benevolence, the deepness of the word. Because it was put together in a way in which just looking at it with your natural eyes, you can't see it. Why? Because if everybody could just read this word and understand it through the carnal, then you wouldn't know what the truth is. See? So that's why it was crafted in dark sentences, brothers and sisters. So those who are not following Christ, who are not receiving the Holy Spirit, are unable to break down the heart of scriptures, brothers and sisters. See? So it said the washing of water by the word, not with the word, but by the word. Now, we have to prove what washing of water came with Christ. Let's go to John. Uh, excuse me. Let's go to Matthew 3 and 13, Joshua. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Matthew 3, verse 13. Then cometh Christ from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. To do what? To be baptized of him. Okay. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? So John said, listen, I need to be baptized from you, okay? Read. And Christ answers, answering said unto him. What did he say? Suffer it to be so now. He said, put me in that water. He had to force him to put him through that water. So if Christ is forcing John to put him through the water, how can somebody else come explain that off? <laughs> Read that again, brother. Verse 15. And Christ answering said unto him. Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. It does what? For Christ answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. This is what you need to fulfill all righteousness. <laughs> then what? Then he suffered him. Read. And Christ, when he was baptized, went up straight away. Out of the water. Out of the what? Out of the water. Out of the word. Out of the water. Out of the word. Out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and light and lightning upon him. Examine this. The Spirit of God is the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And what happened? And lo, a voice from the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Examine that. This was the confirmation from the heavens that this is the beginning of entry into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. See? <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? This is how Christ taught us to express our faith in Him. I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. Read 15 again, brother, because if you don't carefully read every verse, I mean, every word here, brothers and sisters, you'll miss over it. We're talking about how to Become righteous in his eye. Read that again, brother. Matthew 3, verse 15. And Christ answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. See, to fulfill all righteousness. You must be baptized, brothers and sisters, with water to fulfill righteousness. Read verse 16, brother. Verse 16. And Christ, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were open unto him. 
And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, Ephesians 5 and 26 said what? The washing of water by the word. What washing of water came by the word? <laughs> Baptism. Now I want you to examine something here. This is Matthew 3. This is at the beginning of Christ's ministry, brothers and sisters. <laughs> the healings, the teachings, all that came afterwards. This is where you begin your ministry. I don't care if you're 45 or 75. Okay, this is where your walk with Christ begins. Water baptism. And I don't understand how anybody else can tell you that you don't need to be baptized or that's your choice. When Christ was baptized, a man with no sin. Read 1 Peter 2 and 21, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Let's go to 1 Peter, brothers and sisters. 1 Peter 2 and 21. 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For even, here, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Doing what? Leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps. That you should what? That ye should follow his steps. You should emulate Christ, brothers and sisters. Christ set the precedent, brothers and sisters, okay? For anybody telling you that you don't need to be baptized is a worker of iniquity, Okay? Are you following Christ or are you following being an Israelite? We are to pattern ourselves after his blueprint. Not the blueprint of Brother Sid and Brother Joshua. Not the blueprint of the Commandment Keepers Church. This is the blueprint of Christ. Okay? And anybody dealing with any other way into the kingdom, what does the Bible tell you? Anybody who try to come another way is a thief and a robber. Why? Because they didn't die on a cross for your sins. So how can they then tell you how to get into heaven outside of Christ's instruction? That's why. Read that again, brother, please. 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Including his submission to the ordinance of baptism, brothers and sisters. That was the first thing he did. Okay? Go to Matthew 28 and 19, brother. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Matthew 28, verse 19. This was a commandment. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. See, this was a commandment, brothers and sisters. Water baptism is our proclamation that we are turning from our old life. Now, usually the, pe the, same ver the, the same people that are saying not to baptize is also saying we're not supposed to teach Gentiles. <laughs> I need you to start examining this, brothers and sisters. These are usually the same people that are saying Gentiles will not get into the kingdom of heaven. Because why? They're dealing with a different God. They're dealing from a pharisaical aspect. They're not following Christ. This was Christ's commandment to his disciples. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 19. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, baptism, it's the first step to get you to the rest, not in your own righteousness, 
but in the righteousness of the Most High. That's the first step. <laughs> See, he said, go, go therefore, teach all nations and baptize them, brothers and sisters. So that's what we do at the Commandment Keepers Church. We baptize Israelites, of course, and we baptize Gentiles because that's what Christ told us to do. This is the action in the earth for penance. Because now that you understand your sin, right, through the laws of Moses, you would then come to the Most High usually and say, my goodness, my, I should be dead. What physical act do you have in the earth for me to, you know, for penance? What, what can I do? And Christ said what? Read it again, brother. Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Read. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. See, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. See, we're teaching what Christ commanded us to teach, brothers and sisters. We're teaching Christ's doctrine. He didn't say, go teach them what the Pharisees said. He didn't say, go teach them what Moses said. He said, go teach them what I said. Because what Christ said encompassed Moses. Okay, brothers and sisters, this is how they differentiated those who follow Christ from the rest. Because when you saw Israelites being dipped in water, they understood, okay, those are actually followers of Christ. Because none of the other Israelite sects were doing this. Pharisees weren't doing this. Sadducees weren't doing this. Essenes weren't doing this, brothers and sisters, okay? So this is how you differentiate yourself between Israelites, brothers and sisters. So when you're looking on YouTube and seeing people on the streets... When you, maybe they, you know, they reach out to you and say, well, yeah, brother, come on over here and listen to these slave ships. Okay, well, thank you, brother. I know about the slave ships and all that. Thank you, brother. But what's your take on baptism? <laughs> See, that's my first question. Because if you don't agree with baptism, then I, there's not much I can learn from you, brother. You're a baby. You're a baby. Okay? See, if there's a church that you like following or listening to on, uh, you know, on the, uh, in the internet browsers, then what? Type in whatever the name of their church is in baptism and see what their stance is on baptism. Because if they're not dealing with baptism, they're not dealing with Christ. And I'm not going to sit here and listen to you when you're, you're trying to teach me an Israelite doctrine instead of the Israelite's doctrine. Who is the Israelite? Christ. Okay, brothers and sisters? You will never hear the commandment keeper's church or anybody that is a representation of the commandment keeper's church to tell you or teach you to do anything outside of Christ's instruction because we're servants of Christ. We don't come up with our own doctrine. We're very disciplined. We do exactly as he tells us to do. We don't add or take away from that. So anybody saying, well, that's your choice if you want to get baptized. Brother, you are wicked. You are wicked. Anybody saying that baptism is reading the letters off the page? <laughs> okay, brothers and sisters, anybody saying that is a baby and not a follower of Christ. This is the beginning of your justification, right? You have faith in Christ and that should lead you to what? Follow his laws, statutes and commandments, and that's including baptism. This is when your ministry begins under Christ, okay? Let's go to Romans 6 and 3. 
We're going to Romans, brothers and sisters. Romans 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized in his death? Take your time. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Examine this. When you're baptized into Christ, you're baptized into his death, brothers and sisters. The scriptures we're going to show you. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. See, so this is how you take on Christ's uh, sacrifice. You can, you can say that you believe in Christ, but if you don't get baptized, you're not covered in his blood. Why? You're baptized into his death as you are going down in the water, that's a death to an old man, your old woman, your old self. Once you're fully submerged, that's the burial. And once you come up, that's the resurrection. You're a new man. See, brothers and sisters, that's what baptism is symbolic of. Okay? Going down in the water is the death of that old person you used to be. Being fully submerged is being buried. Like verse 4 tell you. And coming up is the resurrection of Christ. We're going to read that from the top. 3, 4, and 5, brother. Romans 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Being baptized is a public identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, brothers and sisters. Baptism is a new beginning like resurrection to begin a new life after death, brothers and sisters. So the old life is left behind and a new life has begun. The key is verse 5. Read that again. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Examine that. No one will receive a new body without doing what Christ did first. Okay? So you will not be resurrected with Christ if you can't die with Christ, which is baptism. <laughs> See? See, brothers and sisters, you can claim you believe in Christ and he died for your sins. If you don't receive his blood and his death and resurrection through baptism, you're not covered. Because if you were following Christ, you would have followed Matthew 3 when he was baptized. See, brothers and sisters, you can't just say, yeah, I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I'm covered in his blood. Are you? You're not covered in his blood until you die like he died. Through baptism, brothers and sisters, okay? So, our church is a starch, you know, this is one of the preeminent things within the doctrine of Christ. This is what separated the doctrine of Christ from the doctrine of the others. Baptism, brothers and sisters. Because why? It's a humbling experience. Right? Because why? You're showing that you're a sinner like everyone else before the world. The same people that's against this are the arrogant brothers and sisters, are the ones who believe 
I don't need saving. I'll save myself by just following the law. See, brothers and sisters? See? It all comes together. The same that believe they're justified by the law don't respect Christ. Don't respect Christ's doctrine and don't respect the baptism. Why? Because you're justified through your own works. Arrogant. Smug. See? Let's go to uh, let's go to Galatians 3 and 27, brother. This is how you're justified. This is the beginning of your justification for entrance into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. Galatians 3, verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, that's how you put on Christ, brothers and sisters. See, brothers and sisters. That's how you put on Christ's blood, his burial, his resurrection. That's how you're covered in it. Read it again, brother. Verse 27. For as many of you as, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, so baptism is a new beginning. Like resurrection to begin a new life after death, brothers and sisters. The act of baptism is what? It's an expression of faith and obedience, brothers and sisters. It's a public Proclamation before the world. What did Christ say? He said that people draw nigh to him with their mouth. That's what we do. Yeah, I believe in Christ. Yeah, yeah, he died for my sins. Did you hit the water? Well, no. I just believe. Brother, James 2 said what? My faith will be shown in my works. This is part of those works that your faith should be shown in. You have faith that Christ died on the cross for your sins, then you should show that by being baptized. <laughs> Read 27 again, brother. Verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, if you need baptism and you want to get it done through our church, you can email us at commandmentkeepers, the number one, the number eight, at hotmail. Dot com, brothers and sisters, uh, give us a way to contact you um, in what city and state that you live in. And we will try to uh, put something together in which the brothers can come out, um, baptize you in the name of <clears throat> the Most High, Ahiah, his son, Christ, which is his name is Yeshia, and the Holy Spirit, which is the, the breath of the Most High God. The breath that went in the nostrils of Adam was the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. So. If you're looking for baptism, if you're looking for water, brothers and sisters, please email us at commandmentkeepers, the number one, the number eight, at hotmail.com, brothers and sisters. And we will um, get back with you um, at our earliest convenience. Now, let's go to 1 Peter, brothers and sisters. 1 Peter 3 and 20. Because this is where your justification comes from. Brothers and sisters, see, your righteousness, your sins can only be washed away by what? By Christ's blood. Now, how do you receive Christ's blood? Baptism. No other way. First Peter 3, verse 20. Which some time were disobedient. When once was long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, Eight souls were saved by water. 
Eight souls what? Eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls what? Eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls were saved by water in the time of Noah. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Read that again, brother. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Even baptism doeth also now save us. <laughs> See, just like in the old, in, in, in ancient times. See, it was death to everyone else during the time of Noah, brothers and sisters. The water was death to everyone else, but life for those who had faith, who knew what to do. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, baptism is a destruction and death to the flesh, but a new life to the spirit, brothers and sisters. Read 20 again, brother. Verse 20. Which some time were disobedient, when once was the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Christ. See? See, brothers and sisters? <laughs> it's an act of faith and obedience to the commands of Christ. And it does what? It, sh it starts to work on your heart and conscience because it humbles you, brothers and sisters. See? We talked about previously in our previous lessons how... Things must do be done with the proper state of heart, the proper state of mind, with the proper motivation and motive, brothers and sisters. See, your motive is not clean until you've been baptized because you're doing it out of the the you're doing it to show that you're grateful for for an opportunity to reform, not because you're trying to get into the kingdom of heaven. Well, I'm doing this because this is my righteousness. No, I'm doing this because he gave me opportunity for reformation. Because why? You should be dead. So if not working on the Sabbath, right? Not spending money on the Sabbath or eating pork. If all that's too hard for you, the most high is like, you know what? We can definitely help you out. <laughs> okay? We can, uh, you know, we can just go ahead and uh, kill you. And then you don't have to worry about celebrating the Passover and, you know, you don't have to worry about not eating pork. Oh, that's too hard for you. You know what? We're just going to kill you off. You know, we don't want to put too much of a burden on you. So, <laughs> see, so once you're baptized, it's because you understand that that means the way in which you accomplish the law is different. You're doing it out of a pure heart. Out of gratitude and gratefulness. Out of thankfulness. For an opportunity to follow the law. See? Because you don't deserve an opportunity to even follow it. You should have been dead for not breaking it. I mean, for, for not following it already. I thank the Most High every day for opportunity to show I've been reformed. That's why I said that in verse 20, he, our God is long-suffering. Because you could have been killed off already. Like in John chapter 8, when that sister was caught in adultery. And they said, listen, the law of Moses says this sister should be stoned right now. But what does the law of Moses say about all of our behavior over the last, you know, <laughs> the last 20 years, last 10 years? What, what should have happened to us? Exactly. 
Read that again from the top, brother. Verse 20, please. 1 Peter 3, verse 20. Which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls what? Eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls were saved by water. The like figure were unto even baptism doth also now save us. Baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Christ. See, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. So it's not a bath, brothers and sisters, okay? And it's not, oh, because I'm following the law of Moses that I'm going to be saved. <laughs> okay? You should follow the law of Moses, but you must do what? Be baptized by the resurrection of Christ. <laughs> See? See, brothers and sisters? So, anybody telling you you don't need to be baptized is probably the same people telling you that your righteousness is in the law and you get to heaven by following Moses. It comes hand in hand, brothers and sisters. There's not a person that I've ever run across in the many years that I've been doing this that says, yeah, uh, my righteousness is in the law. But we also should be baptized. Usually that don't happen. They believe that your righteousness is the law. And because of that, I, you know, baptism is a choice. No, it's not a choice. It's a requirement. Okay? You can follow every law in the book. If you don't follow this law, <laughs> then fire and brimstone for you. Okay? If you can't humble yourself and go through the water like Christ did and all of his disciples then you're not, you're not meant for the kingdom, okay? You're not meant. Let's move forward, brother. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus because it talked about, it said, a good conscience towards God that comes through baptism, which matters, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you. We're going to show you. When that conscience is proper, then the motive behind following the law is proper. Ecclesiasticus 13, verse 25. The heart of a man changes this continence, whether it be for good or evil. And a merry heart maketh a cheerful continence. A merry heart maketh a cheerful continence, which means what? Now you're following the law <laughs> with the proper motive. You're happy about it. You're cheerful about it. You love law. Okay? You love law. You love to follow his law. Even when you're found to be wrong and you need to change, you love it. Why? Because your conscience has been cleansed through baptism, through the humility. Read that again, brother. Verse 25. The heart of a man changeth his countenance, whether it be for good or evil. And a merry heart maketh a cheerful conscience. See? So examine that, brothers and sisters. When you follow his law with the proper motive, you're doing it in joy. Not because it's obligatory. Read. Verse 26. A cheerful countenance is a token of a heart that is in prosperity. And the finding out of parables is a wearisome labor of the mind. A cheerful countenance is the token of a heart that is in prosperity. So remember, brothers and sisters, the motive matters. When I follow the law, listen, this is how I show my appreciation for the opportunity to exhibit reformation. Not because it's obligatory. 
Because if you're doing it out of obligation, then the motive you're doing it with is incorrect. And the way you're doing it is probably incorrect too because you you feel like you're being forced. You're not happy to serve your God. You're doing it for your own selfish reasons because this is your righteousness according to you. This is how I get into heaven. See? See the difference, brothers and sisters? If you're doing it with the proper heart, you're doing it in happiness, in exaltation, in exhilaration, in euphoria, in jubilation. That's how we're to follow the law, brothers and sisters. That is how we're to follow the law. It matters. Okay? Because I, I, many brothers come to me and say, man, every time I read the scriptures, I see something else that's wrong with me. Man, make you not want to read the Bible sometimes. I'm like, really? Brother, if you're finding out something's wrong with you, why would you not want to read the Bible more? You don't want to find out what's wrong? I mean, you don't, you're not happy to serve God? Because guess what? The most I can go ahead and lay you down. Okay? The most I can go ahead and lay you down, and you won't have to worry about following those laws. Listen, you don't need to change at all. You know, we got a grave for you. Don't worry about the Sabbath, you know. Don't worry about, you know, Purim, Passover, Feast of Tabernacles. Listen, don't worry about that. You having a problem not watching pornography? Don't worry. Where you're going, you you won't be seeing none of that. <laughs> See? So that changed your heart. Understanding that my justification is not in the law. My justification is in Christ. So because I'm covered in Christ, now I'm going to follow the law out of love. Because what? He covered my sin. He covered my transgression. See, brothers and sisters? That's the difference. Motive matters, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Motive matters. Let's go to Luke 7 and 36, brother. Luke 7 and 36. We're going to read 36 through 50, brother. Luke 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. This is Christ, brothers and sisters. And... Behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Christ sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. A sister who was a sinner brought an alabaster box of ointment, which is an, an expensive ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears. She did what? And began to wash his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. She began to bathe his feet in her tears. And kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Brothers and sisters, she began to wash his feet with her hair. Brothers and sisters, kissing his feet, anointing them with that ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, Saying what? This man, if he were a prophet... Would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Now there's a couple of things that's working here, brothers and sisters. The same Pharisee wanted Christ to sit down with him. And now in himself, he's saying, This man ain't real. <laughs> if he was real, he would have knew this sister was a sinner to show you that everybody around you, brothers and sisters, is not there because they believe you or they trust you. A lot of people are around you. To either find out your weakness or make them feel like they know more than you or are better than you, brothers and sisters. What you understand is that a lot of times 
People will be asking you questions not because they want the answer. They want to show that you know you don't know anything before the people. Okay? So you have to be careful with that. That's why Christ ignored people a lot of times. <laughs> okay? Because just because somebody's asking a question doesn't mean they're asking it with the right intent. They may be asking it before people to show you're wicked or, you, or you're unlearned. See? So understand. You can avoid foolish questions, brothers and sisters. And I'm sorry to go off on tangent, but I just wanted to show that there. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Now, brothers and sisters, see, this is a Pharisee who believes he's justified or he's righteous by his own work. Like Luke told us, remember, that was a Pharisee that prayed and said, listen, I give, you know, I fast twice a week. I give my tithes. Uh, thank God I'm not an extortioner. I'm not a fornicator. I'm all these things. Remember that, brothers and sisters, when we already had dealt with that previously in, um, in the lesson? This is the same belief now saying, listen, this sister is a sinner. You shouldn't be sitting with her. You shouldn't be letting her touch him, touch you. Read. And Christ answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. Read that part again. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed, owed 500 pence and the other 50. Christ said, listen, there's a certain creditor. And there's two people that owe him money. One owe him 500, the other owe him 50. Verse 42. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will he will love him most? Which what? Which of them will love him most? Examine this. He said he forgave them both. Neither one of them had money to pay. He forgave them both. Read 42 one more time, brother. Verse 42. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same love with little. Examine that, brothers and sisters. To whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. So what is this showing you, brothers and sisters? The, usually the people who realize they've been forgiven for the most are the best servants of Christ because other people believe they're righteous. <laughs> See? So examine this. It's those who were the worst <laughs> that actually go the furthest for him. That's the difference when you think you're already righteous based on your works. Okay? 
She bathed his feet in her tears with her hair, anointed him with a high quality oil. Christ said, listen, you're, you're saying she's a sinner, but look at all the things that she's done for me since I've walked in this room. And you've done none of those things. <laughs> Read 47 again, brother. Luke 7, verse 47. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? <laughs> See, here they go again. These same carnal is, uh, Israelites, these Pharisees, they're like, who is he that he can forgive sins? See, brothers and sisters? So I need you to examine that it tells you that he who is forgiven for much loveth much, brothers and sisters, okay? So you must understand that you've been forgiven and covered in his blood, which means you'll go over and above to follow his law. <laughs> See? That's where you come in with the spirit of the law, which is expanding on it. Because why? You understand that you should be dead. See, brothers and sisters? That now your countenance has changed. It starts with the baptism. You understand, okay, I've been forgiven. I have faith that Christ said, if I go through this water, he's washed away my sins. So I won't have to answer on anything that I did. You know, before I went through the water, I won't have to answer for that on judgment day. See, brothers and sisters, this is what we're trying to show you. The Pharisees didn't, you know, didn't believe they had any sin. Listen, I follow the law. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm getting in based on me following the law. There's a difference when you believe you're getting in based on your works than knowing you're receiving something you don't deserve. Because when you receive something you don't deserve, you go over and beyond trying to please whoever gave you that gift. See? And you do it with a proper heart, proper motive, proper continence. See? That's what we're trying to show you here, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Hebrews 10 and 22, Joshua. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. See, a true heart. That's, see, how do you, how do, where do you get the true heart from? Read it again, brother. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Examine that. <laughs> see, that evil conscience. Brothers and sisters, you can have your heart cleansed through what? Having our bodies washed with pure water. So the act of being publicly baptized is part of establishing that good conscience with the Most High before a watching world, brothers and sisters. Water baptism symbolically identifies us as new creations in Christ. <laughs> See? So that shows you those who don't go through the water are arrogant. They don't believe, listen, that they need their sins forgiven. I'm just going to control it through my own by doing all the laws that I can find. And then, you know, I'm good. Okay. For, you, for, your, for your sake, I hope you're right, even though I know you're wrong. 
Because why? Christ said you're wrong. That's why. Read 22, brother. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. See? So by going down in the water, we illustrate that our old man is dead, brothers and sisters. And we are now living under what? <laughs> we are now living under Christ because our sin was buried with Christ when we were fully submerged in the water. So I don't know how somebody could explain off all these scriptures that are talking about water baptism, brothers and sisters. These are not workers of Christ. These are workers of iniquity. So that should be the first thing you look to examine when you're dealing with the church out there, whether it's online or in person. First question I'm asking you, brothers, how do you feel about baptism? Okay. How do you feel about baptism? And if you don't deal with baptism, then I know you're a baby. Okay. And listen, there's nothing wrong with being a baby. Maybe one day in the future, if the Lord willing, you'll come to, you know, mature a full age. But if you're not dealing with baptism, you're definitely not working for Christ. Why? <laughs> Why? Because what? Christ's ministry started with baptism. So I don't know whose ministry you're doing, but it's not Christ's. Go to Acts 22 and 16, brother. Let's go to the Acts of the Apostles. Acts 22, verse 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. Do what? And be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Examine this, brothers and sisters. You must be baptized to have your sins washed away. <laughs> See? See, brothers and sisters? Water baptism is a public profession of a person's repentance and faith in Christ and a way of giving outward testimony to an inward work of the Most High. See, brothers and sisters, believers are baptized in response to a repentant recognition of the need for forgiveness of sin. People who don't believe they need forgiveness or believe their righteousness can come from their own authority through their own works, they won't receive this because they're arrogant. Read it again, brother, please. Acts 22, verse 16. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. And wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. See, this is a public expression of our faith, brothers and sisters, okay? Now, the Pharisees didn't want to deal with this. Why? <laughs> because if I'm a sinner, how can I tell him what to do? <laughs> so it was really about them the whole time, brothers and sisters, not wanting to humble themselves to show that they were a sinner just like everyone else. I need to be over them. I need them to think I'm better than them so I can't, you know, publicly declare that I've sinned by going through the water. See? One thing about baptism is it takes away all pride, brothers and sisters. That's the one thing about baptism. So you'll notice the people who are not dealing with the, the baptism, the repentance through water. There's a certain arrogance. There's a certain smugness. That you can fill on them. They usually don't agree with teaching Gentiles or Gentiles can't get into the kingdom. They usually are not following Christ also, brothers and sisters. Okay? There's a certain humility that comes when you're being baptized 
or after you've been baptized. Because you've admitted before the world that you're a sinner worthy of death. Including me, brothers and sisters. So this is the road to redemption. Okay, you want to be justified? Not justified through following Moses' law. This is how you're justified, brothers and sisters. Okay? Let's go to John 4 and 1, brother. Let's go to the gospel here. John chapter 4, we're going to read verse 1. John 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Christ made and baptized more disciples than John. Read that again, brother. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Christ made and baptized more disciples than John. Christ made and baptized more disciples than John. Baptism is being identified <laughs> as a disciple. Okay? You cannot be a disciple of Christ until you're baptized. <laughs> So who are these other people with Bibles who are not dealing with the, the, the tenets of baptism? Whose disciples are those? <laughs> Many shall come in my name. Okay? Try the spirits, Christ said. Try the spirits. Okay? Read it again, brother, please. John 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Christ made and baptized more disciples than John. Examine this. If you can't do what Christ did, you're not spiritually qualified to be teaching. Okay? So anybody that's out there on a corner or got a video or on YouTube teaching and is not teaching the tenets of baptism, you're not a disciple of Christ because you must be baptized before. That, that's the symbol of you being a disciple. Of Christ, okay? And listen, how can you teach about baptism if you haven't experienced it? All the disciples were baptized, brothers and sisters, or else how could they go and sit there and then teach this? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 2. Yes. John 4, verse 2. Though Christ himself baptized not, but his disciples. Now, why do we go there? Because people who defend not being baptized, they'll skip over verse 1 and they'll take you straight to verse 2. See? Christ didn't baptize. Because <laughs> they think you're ignorant, brothers and sisters. Christ, didn't, Christ stood on the dock before the people, talked with them, prayed with them. The disciples were in the water and they took them down. Okay? He, he would say, okay, go down into the water. Peter's there. Okay, brothers and sisters, so you had the disciples in the water, and Christ would speak with them, pray with them, and then the disciples would take them down. Why? Because Christ wanted them to garner the respect after he was gone. That's why he didn't baptize. See, brothers and sisters? So we need you to examine that. You cannot teach about baptism if you haven't experienced it. So usually the people that's not teaching that it's valid haven't been baptized himself, brothers and sisters. So what are we showing? We're showing you here that Christ had a unique doctrine and we can only gain entry into his church through water baptism, into his kingdom through water baptism, brothers and sisters. There's no other way. Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. Okay? No man come to the Father but by him. Not by the Pharisees. Not by the Sadducees. Not by the Nicolaitans. Not by the Essenes, not by the Zelots, by Christ and the apostles' doctrine that followed Christ, brothers and sisters. Now, 
many people will try to do what? They will try to downplay baptism as a bath. Well, yeah, I took a shower earlier this morning. I took a bath yesterday. It's like, <laughs> brother, sister, how carnal can you be? Are we reading the same Bible here? Okay. Are we reading the same Bible here? Our people knew in ancient times how powerful water could be. Okay. We're going to prove that, brothers and sisters. Water is a heavenly liquid. It's a spiritual liquid. We're going to prove that. Go to John 5, brother. Read John chapter 5, verse 1. John 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Christ went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool. A what? A pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue. Bethesda. Having five porches. Having what? Having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Impotent, brothers and sisters. What does this mean? Read, read three again, brother. Verse three. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. What does that mean? Of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Examine that. And impotent means what? They're, you know, they're handicapped, brothers and sisters. Read that again. Verse 3. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Waiting for the moving of the water. Read. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. Read that again. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Read that again. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Examine that. Our people knew the power of water. It was a spiritual liquid. It was a heavenly liquid. Brothers and sisters, any person who stepped in that pool after the angel came down was healed of whatever sickness or ailment they had. Brothers and sisters. So you deal with these people who are carnal and can't even see the spiritual not being led by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, do not be beguiled out of your heavenly reward because you're following somebody who told you not to follow Christ. Because guess what? On that day, you're not going to be able to say, oh, but the brothers told me this precept said that, uh, you know, baptism was reading the letters on the page. He's going to be like, well, no. <laughs> You should have followed what, what I did. You should have followed what Christ did. Okay? So you're not going to start blaming precepts that somebody else told you when you read it yourself. You read that Christ went through the water. There's no excuse. None. So you'll sit there and, and say you're justified by works but won't do the most important work. Humble yourself and go through that water. Brothers and sisters. It's required. Okay. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 2, brother. This is a very thorough lesson, brothers and sisters. We know it's a longer lesson. If you can't, you know, deal with this in one sitting, pause this, you know, uh, and come back to it. 
But we're going to finish this up because our people need this in order to gain entry into the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 2. Verse 1 actually, excuse me. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. We passed through the sea. What sea? The Red Sea. And we're all baptized on a Moses. In and, the, and what? And we're all baptized on a Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Brothers and sisters, baptism was in the was in the was in the Old Testament. Why? Because those who had faith went through the water and were saved. Those who didn't were what? <laughs> they were destroyed by Pharaoh and his army. See, the Most High always used water, brothers and sisters. Now, this time, you're being fully submerged in the water under Christ. But this is showing you. Read it again, brother. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized on Moses in the cloud and in the sea. See, brothers and sisters, we went through the water, even in the Old Testament. Now Christ came to show us that we must be fully submerged in that water. Those who had faith did what? They went through the water during the time of Moses. Those of us who have faith in Christ must go through the water to be baptized into Christ's death. Brothers and sisters, if you're not baptized into his death, then guess what? Your blood will be required for breaking Moses' law. See, brothers and sisters, this is the meat. This is what you need, brothers and sisters. This is the information that you're going to need to carry you into the kingdom. Not just that you're Israel. That's not the truth. I mean, it's the truth concerning yourself, but that's not the truth of Christ. That you're an Israelite. It doesn't stop there. That's where it starts. I know many people who just get caught up in this being an Israelite thing as if the Most High couldn't raise stones to be the children of Israel. Okay? Now, let's show you that even Paul, Hebrew of Hebrew, as he said, Philippians 3, was baptized, brothers and sisters, before he started his ministry. Let's go to Acts, brother. Let's go to the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to go to Acts. We're going to go to chapter 9. We're going to read verse, start at verse, let's see, verse 17, brother. Now, just to give a backdrop, remember, Paul was blinded on the road to Damascus, right? And this is what transpired. The Most High told him, listen, Christ said, go to Ananias. He will teach you and heal you. And this is what transpired after Paul was blinded. Now, Acts 9, verse 17. And Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, This was when he was still called Saul, The Lord, even Christ, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou cometh, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Read. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight for, forthwith. And arose. And arose and did what? And was baptized. First thing he did was what? Was baptized. Examine that, brothers and sisters. 
See, his ministry even started, because remember, he wasn't working for Christ before he was blinded. Once he gained his sight back, what was the first thing he did? He hit that water. And then he started his ministry. We're going to show you. Read it again, brother. Verse 18. And immediately there, there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight with full, forthwith and arose and was baptized. Read verse 20. Verse 20. And straight away he preached Christ in the synagogues. He did what? He preached Christ in the synagogues that, that he is the Son of God. Examine that. <laughs> First he was baptized. He ate something and then went straight to the synagogue to preach Christ. To show you, ministry begin with baptism. So if, you, if you're not a disciple of Christ, if you haven't been baptized, I don't, I don't care how many laws you follow, man and woman. Okay, you're not a follower of Christ. You don't represent Christ. Okay, which shows you what Paul did. What he was baptized after he was blinded, and right away he went and preached Christ. Now the the the, the scriptures that preceded that was before this said what that Christ made and baptized more disciples than John. When did he make them disciples? When they were baptized. That's the beginning of your ministry. So that begs to ask the question, these brothers who are teaching against it, whose ministry are they dealing with? Because Christ said his ministry began with baptism. So that's what you need to ask yourself, brothers and sisters. Why would I be learning from somebody who's not coming from Christ? Well, yeah, I just want, you know, they're funny, you know, they have white people kiss their feet. It's like, I mean, how carnal, I mean, what, how is that going to get you into the kingdom of heaven? Christ never had, okay, Christ and the disciples never had white people kissing their feet. Matter of fact, when Peter was dealing with Cornelius, Cornelius got down and started worshiping Peter. Peter said, get up, man. I'm, listen, I'm a man like you. I'm a sinner. So that's showing you they're not following Christ because a follower of Christ would never have a white man kissing his feet. Okay? So I need you guys to start examining things from a spiritual perspective and not just from a carnal aspect, looking to be entertained. Because, yeah, they're entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining. But it's not going to get you in, brothers and sisters. And the whole deal is we're trying to get into the kingdom. So we, we went here to do what? Show you that Paul himself was baptized after his conversion. Why? Because baptism is an act of obedience to the command of Christ, brothers and sisters. Even Paul, whose scriptures are being used all through the Christian church, all the epistles, Paul was baptized before he dealt with any epistles, brothers and sisters. Now, brothers and sisters, we're still dealing with the road to redemption. Let's let's have a little recap. We've, we First, we addressed... That your righteousness or your justification cannot come from following the law of Moses. We learn that your justification, your righteousness, your entry can only come by what? Christ's blood. We showed that the only way you can be covered in his blood, you can be initiated into his death and resurrection is what? Is baptism. So we're still here with baptism, brothers and sisters, showing you this is the requirement to be on the path into redemption, okay? You cannot be redeemed by your own hand, which means 
well, I can do, you know, the works of Moses and get myself into the kingdom of heaven. That's arrogant. That's smug. And you will be humbled. Okay? If you believe you can get yourself into the kingdom of heaven, then I don't know what God you're following. Okay? So you have to rethink your programming. You must rethink that, that understanding of righteousness. Romans tell you, being ignorant of the righteousness of the Most High, what happens? We establish our own righteousness, and you cannot do that, brothers and sisters. I mean, you can do it, but you won't get in. So whether you like us or, you know, whatever that is, put that aside, brothers and sisters, and just deal with the scriptures, okay? These are the scriptures that's going to help usher you into the kingdom of heaven, okay? So, irregardless of how you feel about us, just deal with the scriptures, okay? Deal with Christ's doctrine, brothers and sisters. We're going to be, we are, as Commandment Keepers Church, uh, the most I have set us up as shepherds to help our people receive truth. They've been lied to long enough. So, what are we going to do? We're going to teach Christ's doctrine, whether that make us an enemy of other Israelites or not, Okay? Because many Israelites will say, well, yeah, they're uh, the commandment keepers. They're like Christians. It's like, I mean, <laughs> or, or, no, they're soft. I'm like, soft? Have you, compared to what? Have you read Christ? Okay. Yeah, we can be soft. Whatever, whatever you say. Okay. Only thing we're looking to do is to liberate our people by teaching Christ's doctrine. Because that's the only thing that will liberate us, brothers and sisters. So we're still dealing with showing that what baptism is a requirement for entry into the kingdom of heaven. It's the entry to the road of redemption, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 22 and 1. Matthew 22 verse 1. And Christ answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king. Which made a marriage for his son. A king that made a marriage for his son. The king is who? The most high. His son is who? Christ. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And when they would not come again, he sent forth other servants, saying... So he sent out people to invite people to the wedding, right? To invite people to the wedding of his son, Christ. Tell them... Read 4. Verse 4. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fattening are killed, and all things are ready. Come on of the marriage. But they made light of it. Now these servants that are going out is doing exactly what we're doing now. Bringing people to the marriage of Christ. Bringing people to the, the feast. Of the Most High. Right? Because why? Christ is who? Christ is the bridegroom, brothers and sisters. So he told us to listen. Go evangelize. Go spread the truth. Go spread the gospel. Bring back fruit to the Most High. But what happened? Read 5. Verse 5. But they made light of it. And went their ways. One to his farm. Another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants. And then... And entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, 
and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready. He said what? The wedding is ready, but they which are bidden were not worthy. Why, examine us. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid them to the marriage. Bid them to the marriage. Bring, invite them to the marriage of Christ. So those servants went out in the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found. Both had bad, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which had not a wedding garment. Had what? Had not a wedding garment. When the king came in, he saw a man which had not a wedding garment, brothers and sisters. He was inappropriately dressed, brothers and sisters. Now what you'll find out is that wedding garment is what? Our baptism gown. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was, there was a man which had not a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. See? So we're supposed to honor the king by conforming to his expectations. So the king sees this as, excuse me, the king sees this as unacceptable, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 12, and he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servant, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and and gnashing of teeth. Examine that. The king, the Most High, sees this as unacceptable and promptly throws the would-be participant into darkness, which refers to hell, brothers and sisters, okay? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. See? Many are called, few are chosen, though, brothers and sisters. He was not prepared for the wedding. Now, whose wedding is this? Whose wedding is this? Because this is a parable. Let's show you. Let's go to Revelations 19 and 7, Brother Joshua, to show you whose wedding this is. Revelations 19, verse 7. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. For what? For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Whose marriage was that in Matthew? That was the marriage of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? The Lamb is Christ. Unblemished Lamb on the Passover. Blood being shed. Brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Please. Revelations 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Christ is referred to as the bridegroom. Who is his wife? Who is his wife? Israel. Three, verse eight, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is righteousness of saints. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Fine linen is righteousness of saints. See, now we already read Christ told, he told John in in, in Matthew what this must take place for the full righteousness. So what you're starting to see here is it says that she may be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. How are you cleansed? 
brothers and sisters. Because if you show up to that wedding without the proper garments on, you will be cast into the darkness, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to show you that garment, that wedding garment. How was it obtained? Go to Isaiah, brother. Let's go to the to, uh, to the Tanakh. We're going to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. Isaiah 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath what? He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robes of righteousness. As a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorned herself with jewels. Examine this. We must be purified before being joined with our groom, brothers and sisters. We will not be admitted into the marriage of the supper. For who? For, for the Lamb. For Christ. If we're not in our garments of salvation, our robe of righteousness, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. With the what? The garments of salvation. With the what? The garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorned herself with jewels. Now, I need you to remember that garments of salvation, brothers and sisters, okay? Remember that. Let's go to Mark, brother. Let's go to the gospel. Mark 16 and 16. Mark 16, verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Garment of salvation, read that again. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Water baptism is for those who believe. Okay? It's a public declaration. That's what it is. It's a move from death to life, brothers and sisters. A public confession of our faith and commitment to Christ. That previous scripture, Isaiah 61, said what? The garments of salvation. Read 16 again, brother, please. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. See, that garment of salvation, brothers and sisters. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, we've already established that baptism is what? Baptism is a public proclamation, brothers and sisters. A public declaration, right? A public confession of our faith and commitment to Christ. Let's go to Second Ezra's. Because we're still dealing with that wedding garment. How do we know? How do we receive this wedding garment? Let's go to 2nd address in the Apographer. We're going to read chapter 2. We're going to read verse 36. 2nd address 2 verse 36. Flee the shadow of this world. Receive the joyfulness of your glory. I testify my Savior openly. I what? I testify my Savior openly. I what? I testify my Savior openly. Baptism is a public proclamation a public declaration this is how you testify my savior openly brothers and sisters read that again verse 36 flee the shadow of this world receive the joyfulness of your glory i testify my savior openly now once we testify of my savior openly through baptism what happens oh receive the gift that is given to given you and be glad giving thanks unto him that hath led you to the heavenly kingdom. 
Arise up and stand. Behold the number of those that be sealed in the feast of the Lord. In the what? In the feast of the Lord. There's that wedding dinner. Which are departed from the shadows of the world. And have received glorious garments of the Lord. And have what? And have received glorious garments of the Lord. And have what? Have received glorious garments of the Lord. How do you receive those glorious garments? Testify of my Savior openly. <laughs> that wedding garment come through baptism, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 40. Take thy number, O Zion, and shut up those that shut up those thine that are clothed in white. Read that again, brother. Verse 40. Take thy number, O Zion, and shut up those of thine that are clothed in white, which have fulfilled the law of the Lord. How are you clothed in white? <laughs> By being cleansed in water, brothers and sisters. See? The wedding garment you receive through baptism, brothers and sisters, okay? I really need you to examine this, brothers and sisters, because if you show up for this dinner... And you're not properly dressed or inappropriately dressed, you will be cast into the fire, brothers and sisters. So what are we showing? We're showing that baptism is a symbol. It's meant to show the world that you love, trust, and have put your hope in Christ. It's like a wedding ring, brothers and sisters. Right? Baptism is a statement to everyone who sees it that I've trusted Christ for my salvation and have committed to living for him. It's like a wedding ring, brothers and sisters. When somebody sees a wedding ring, they know you belong to somebody. That's what baptism is. Baptism is your wedding ring. You belong to somebody. You belong to who? You belong to Christ, the Lamb, brothers and sisters. I beseech you, brethren, you need to receive your wedding garment. Because if you don't, when the day comes, you will be cast into the outer darkness, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 64 and 6. Isaiah 64 and 6. Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And what? And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. See, we all, brothers and sisters, are unclean. Our righteousness, all our righteousness together is as filthy rags. That's why we have to go through the water because if you come to that wedding with filthy rags, <laughs> the judgment is darkness. It's hellfire. It's brimstone, brothers and sisters. Before baptism, your righteousness is as a filthy rag. Just like mine. There's only one way to be cleansed, brothers and sisters. And that's to be fully submerged in living water. Under the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to end it here. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 16 and 16 in the Apographer. Follow us, please, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 16, verse 16. His mercy is manifested to every creature, and he has separated his light from the darkness. Excuse me, excuse me. I think it's Ecclesiasticus 15 and 16. Ecclesiasticus 15, verse 16. 
He has set fire and water before thee. He hath done what? He has set fire and water before thee. Stretch forth thine hand on it whether thou wilt. Before man is life and death, and whether him liketh shall be given him. Read 16 again, brother. Verse 16. He has set fire and water before thee. He hath set fire and water before you. He hath set hell fire and brimstone or the water of baptism that was brought by Christ. You have the choice. If you don't go through that water, you will go through the fire. Read it again, brother. Verse 16. He hath set fire and water before thee. Stretch forth thine hand on her whether thou wilt. Before man is life and death. And whether him liketh shall be given to him. Whichever one you choose, that's going to be what you receive. Okay? So I would beseech you, brethren and sisters, to do what? To choose the water. To publicly, you know, proclaim your iniquity before the world and your need for a savior. Understanding that you cannot be justified through your own hands, through the works of Moses. Why? Because a sinner who stands before God in judgment without having washed their garments through baptism will then receive the judgment. He will pour out his wrath on you, brothers and sisters. Because why? It's very simple. Don't try to go into all these high understandings and different records until you get this down first. Okay? Get the simplicity of Christ down first, brothers and sisters. Right? Don't let Satan beguile you. I don't care if it's an Israelite or not. There's only one way to be justified. There's only one way to gain entry. And that's to be baptized into Christ brothers and sisters, into his death and resurrection, brothers and sisters, not through Moses. Today's lesson was the road to redemption, brothers and sisters. We went into what? We went, in showing, went into showing our people how can you become justified or declared righteous in the eye of the Most High God. We've learned today that it's not through the works of Moses, not through the law. It's through faith in Christ. Being baptized in that baptism leading to your works. You cannot have one without the other, as James tells us, brothers and sisters. So we pray that brothers and sisters listen to this lesson as many times as they need to. Go back on it as much as you need to. Write down the passages, brothers and sisters, to, to be able to grasp this understanding. Because this is meat here. This is the preparation for the kingdom, brothers and sisters. The road to redemption. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.